Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Sound and Worship Podcast. My name is Justin and I'm joined again today by my little daughter Kaylee. She's in my arms again. Uh, she's just a little girl, so she needs a, a little more attention than other babies, so glad to hold her though. Um, today I just wanted to, to basically look at a couple of songs that I think are in stark contrast with one another. And the inspiration of this is I've been writing commentary. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following on Facebook, but I've been writing commentary on worship songs. So on soundandworship.com, you can head over there to soundandworship.com slash commentary and see the commentary that has been written. Uh, as I record this podcast, there are, I want to say, 107 songs that have that have commentary on them now. Uh, I invite you to come and submit your own commentary, as long as you're not uh, promoting unbiblical worship songs or, or songs from NAR sources. I'd be glad to add your commentary in. And uh, you can also request commentary on a song. So if you look at the songs that are there and you don't uh, see the one that you're looking for, you can request commentary on that song. Now, I would limit that to worship songs or at least something you could worship God with uh, in the car by yourself. But anything beyond that, um, you know, I wouldn't venture into like writing commentary on, uh, you know, like skillet songs or something like that. I love John Cooper. I, I, lo I love his podcast. and But I just don't think the style is something that um, that I could really cover very well uh, or that would align with uh, what Sound and Worship is really focused on. So head over there. Uh, you can head to the main page, and you'll see a button for commentary uh, right as you load the, the homepage up for Sound and Worship. But today, you know, I've... I, I wanted to talk about this stark contrast because I believe that it highlights the issues that we're seeing in worship music today. Um, I used CCLI recently to to find songs to write commentary on, and it was really an eye-opening experience. Uh, I just used, you know, first off, too, this isn't um, me bashing CCLI. There's somewhat neutral I think I haven't really you know took a deep dive into their role in um, you know promote, promoting certain music and things like that but they're basically the group to work with I, I don't know that there's a different option for worship music licensing so they're there to distribute royalties uh, when churches display the lyrics of songs during the worship service uh, churches are required to report what songs they use so that CCLI can distribute those royalties. Um, the money from those royalties comes from churches purchasing a license from CCLI, and uh, their reporting of those songs that they use accurately is determines how much those artists and writers on CCLI are paid. So when a church purchases a license, that doesn't mean that every song that they use um, doesn't matter. It it doesn't mean that every artist on CCLI gets an you know an equal portion of all the license money that's collected. Uh, it's based on which songs are actually used in worship services. 
I've heard several arguments about that. Uh, I've heard people try to argue that um, churches shouldn't report that, and that that to me is just isn't a very good argument. Um, that would be pretty sneaky of a church to do. Probably not a really good example. But I would say, you know, I'm going to cover these two songs and talk about their lyrics. But also, uh, I want to reference a Facebook post that I put together. Not that it is a Facebook post. That really doesn't matter. But the analysis that um, was on the post is something that I think you might find interesting. I posted this on, let's see, a day or so ago. I want to say it was Friday, and I'm recording this on a Saturday. Maybe it was Thursday or Friday. Um, so sometime in August, depending on when you're listening to this. But I took a look at the top 20 songs on CCLI. And how I come to that conclusion is CCLI has a top 100. And there's a couple of different ways you can order them, uh, order the songs. So I chose to order them by popularity, which to me shows how much songs are, you know, what the actual top 20 songs are. Uh, there's also a CCLI rank. I'm not exactly sure what the difference is there. But either way, these are 20 of the most popular and basically the 20 most popular worship songs that churches are reporting that they're using to worship our God. And the, the study that I did was I wanted to, instead of list out the artist, which I'm going to read those artists here in just a second, or those writers, instead of listing those out, I listed the movement that they're associated with. And there's really, you know, I, I try to be as charitable and fair as possible. You know, if an artist didn't do these things that I'm ascribing them to do, uh, I'm glad to be corrected, but I am pretty, pretty certain that these are very accurate. So if I were to read the top 20 songs and just read the movement that they're with, so this, this should be kind of eye-opening if you haven't seen this, so... I'm just going to read them. Number one, Word of Faith. Number two, Word of Faith. Number three, Prosperity Gospel, light version of Word of Faith. Number four, host Word of Faith artist at yearly conference. Number five, an artist that's no longer active. Number six, Word of Faith. Number seven, Word of Faith. Number eight, host Word of Faith artist at yearly conference. Number nine, works with Word of Faith artists frequently. Number 10, Word of Faith. 11, Word of Faith. 12, Word of Faith. 13, Word of Faith. 14, an old hymn with a renewed copyright. 15, Word of Faith. 16, Catholicism. 17, host Word of Faith artist at yearly conference. 18, Word of Faith. 19, Word of Faith. 20, Prosperity Gospel, light version of Word of Faith. And somebody might say that 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 actual group is not a light version, that they are just pretty much full-on Word of Faith. But just reading through those, You've got one little hymn there, the hidden amongst 19 other songs with questionable and dangerous false teaching, honestly. Uh, not that the lyrics are all blatantly false teaching, but the movements they're associated with are full of dangerous false teaching, uh, specifically the Word of Faith movement. Uh, when you think of that, think of what Hillsong and Bethel uh, proclaim. But just reading through those 20 that's amazing. Uh, that is 
what our churches are yearning to use for worship. And of course, it's not true of every church, but the majority of churches that are reporting their what they're using to CCLI, they're reporting that most of the songs they're using have a strong word of faith tied to them or that they come directly from the word of faith movement. And the interesting thing is that a lot of the churches that are using these songs would actually preach against the word of faith movement. And, you know, I've heard people say that, you know, the worship music that you use shouldn't be battling against the the sermon. And I would say that that is happening quite a bit. There are many churches that, you know, embrace the word of faith movement. And so they're singing songs that align with what they stand for. That would be a little bit different. Uh, in my opinion, that would be uh, an environment that you wouldn't want to be a part of either. Now, too, I will say this. You don't have to report uh, public domain hymns to CCLI. They don't have any rights over that. They're not distributing royalties because the songs are public domain. So this top 20 and any you know listing of those songs shouldn't really include public domain songs because you don't have to report that. Uh, you know, if you pick up a hymnal and you're singing all public domain songs, um, not that there aren't songs in the hymnal that are not public domain, but when you pick up a hymnal and you stick to only public domain songs that have not been uh, renewed as far as a license goes, you don't have to report that. So keep that in mind. But at the same time, out of all the, the worship music out there that you could choose that is not public domain and in contemporary settings, most songs that are used are not going to be public domain. They're going to be contemporary songs. That is really eye-opening. It shows that our churches are yearning to use these kinds of songs. And that is interesting. I'm sure you can hear little Kaylee making little sounds. So she's being really good though. Anyways, you've got a bunch of Word of Faith. You even have a writer who, who is a professing Catholic um, that would fly in the face of Protestant churches and what they stand for. That, that matters as well. Now, someone might say the source doesn't matter, and that happens a lot. Uh, I, I just went through an entire series uh, called Worship Music Objections, and you know we talked about how the lyrics matter but also even if there are good lyrics uh, the source matters because of who your church is partnering with who they're promoting by using their music and uh, you know who yeah whose ministry they're really wanting to further uh, churches are really setting up a battle that they don't need to set up it's really an interesting time and so that inspired me to really take a, a look at a couple of songs, one of which is in the top 100, and one, last time I checked, which was very recently, was not in the top 100. And I think after I go through these lyrics, you'll see that it's amazing how one of these songs could make it into the top 100. It really shows what our churches are seeking. And honestly, it shows a lack of care from our churches 
uh, you know, in America and around the world in regards to worship music. And I, I don't mean to be too harsh, but that is the reality. Uh, for some reason, we allowed as a church the Word of Faith movement to completely take over worship music, where our worship music comes from. And even though many people might claim that the lyrics are good, they're usually not, honestly. They're usually really vague. Uh, they usually are saying one thing that may sound like it's biblical, but a lot of times it's just an NAR buzzword or a word that they use, but they mean something completely different. Uh, one such that will come up today is breakthrough. Uh, that word comes up in NAR circles all the time, the Word of Faith movement all the time. Uh, you know, I'm going to see a breakthrough, and it's a big focus on breakthrough. There's not as much focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the truth of it. But the two songs that I want to compare are We Praise You and that song. Let me look that up on CCLI real quick. It's by Bethel Music, as I, I have BethelMusic.com pulled up. The song We Praise You, the writers are Brandon Lake, Brian Johnson, Matt Redman, and Phil Wickham. That's not really surprising. Uh, you know, I, I'll say this too. I don't have a gripe with these people as people. Uh, I do believe what they're doing is, is misleading people as far as false teaching. Um, even if they're not teaching, they are working hand-in-hand -hand with ministries that are blatantly false teaching. For example, Bethel Church, Redding, California, Hillsong, Elevation. These are churches that are not teaching the truth. Uh, and even when they do teach the truth, it's followed up quickly with some other extra-biblical teaching that doesn't align with Scripture. And so when I you know, read the writers' names there, I don't mean that towards them necessarily, but towards what they stand for. I, my hope would be that they would use their talents uh, to write music that glorifies God in spirit and truth, and that they would leave those movements, leave those churches, join a church that preaches God's word, that exposits his word, that preaches the truth and holds the Bible as their authority, not teachings that don't come from Scripture, such as word faith teachings, uh, teachings of faith healers, gold dust falling from the ceilings. Uh, basically, a lot of the things that we covered on the last episode where I responded to a, an email that I got about my article on Bethel Music or Bethel Church. Nothing personal against that person. I still will not read the name of that person because it's not about that. It's about the claims that are being made and the stances that are taken. This is not fun. <laughs> I hope people don't think that. I hope people don't think, well, he's just got nothing else to do. And, uh, it, you know, he just wants to sit behind a mic and just complain. That's really not. I mean, I could be doing all sorts of other things. Um, so it's not about that. And, you know, I think we should just focus on our Lord. Uh, that's really what we should do. So this song was called Repraise You. I just read the writer's names. Uh, it comes from Bethel Music. And I'm reading the lyrics from BethelMusic.com. The other song 
And let me say this before I read who this is by. The other song is um, a very biblical, biblically sound song, and you'll see that. Uh, I'm not trying to pit these two people against each other. Um, it's not like, you know, I reached out to these artists and I was like, hey, do you want me to compare your lyrics together? It's not like that. But at the same time, I'm reviewing two songs that are publicly put out there, one of which I feel is just packed full of solid theology and thoughtful lyrics. The other one, honestly, is not. And the song that I think is packed full of solid theology is Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. And this is by Matt Papa, Matt Boswell, and Michael Bleeker. Those are the people that wrote it. The version that I listen to is uh, on the album um, by Matt Boswell, Matt Papa. I believe it's called His Mercy is More, the hymns of Matt Boswell, Matt Papa. Um, and that's a great album. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to start off by reading the first verse of We Praise You by Bethel Music. And that verse goes like this. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. Okay, let's just talk about that verse for a second. The focus is on praise. And I've often said that a lot of these word of faith movements, they seem to almost worship their worship. And that, that is quite a bold claim to make, honestly. Um, but this, these lyrics kind of back that up a little bit. The focus is on praise. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. So the lyrics are calling us to look at praise as a weapon, first of all, which is questionable. Let praise be a weapon. So we should look to praise and I find those lyrics wanting, for sure. Now, of course, the, the people who wrote this song would claim that they're talking about praising God. So let the praise of, maybe they should have wrote, let the praise of God be a weapon. Honestly, that's that's pushing it a little bit. Of course, there are Old Testament accounts, like the walls of Jericho falling, um, <laughs> things like that. I, I don't think we can equate that to our situation today. Um, I think what they mean by this is, honestly, let's praise God and may that silence the enemy. They don't define who the enemy is. Um, that's another problem with these songs. They're very vague, honestly. They, the lyrics just, they don't point to glorifying God much. And there may be parts of the song that do, but there's just a massive difference. You know, just reading those lyrics, let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise, let praise arise. It's just not much there. I, I hate to say it, but there's just not much there. Contrast that with this. Verse one of Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. It says, come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the king. He, the theme of heaven's praises, robed in frail humanity. 
In our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Look to Christ who condescended, took on flesh to ransom us. Folks, that is a major, major difference. And I'll just say from the start that you don't have to write every single song about the gospel. It doesn't have to literally be a, a recap of the gospel, although it should point to Jesus' work. Uh, I would say most praise and worship songs should. I, I'm not saying they all have to be at the exact same message. At the same time, though, this song is focused on our Lord Jesus Christ. It, specifically, it's talking about when he came into the world. Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the king. He, the theme of heaven's praises, robed in frail humanity. That's pretty amazing, really. That, those are great lyrics. It just talks about Jesus becoming a human. Uh, and of course, you know the rest of the story. And the song gets into that. But it says, in our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Makes me think of the, the beginning of John. And... It says, look to Christ who condescended, took on flesh to ransom us. So it's foreshadowing uh, Jesus being our, you know, the, the flesh to ransom us. Those lyrics glorify God. And that's just the first verse. I mean, that is, those are amazing lyrics. They're so thoughtful and you can't help but think of scripture as you read those lyrics or listen to them. Uh, they glorify God. Let's go over to verse 2 of we praise you verse two we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything we sing with all we are and we claim your victory let it rise let praise arise that's it for verse two of we praise you now, i'll be honest I, you know lyrics can be you know there can be a lot of preferences there but I will say the first lyric of verse two there, we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. It, I, I think that could have been a lot better, honestly. Um, it, there's just not much there, you know. And what, really, what teaching really does that align with? We, we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. I, I, I know what they mean by that, but it's just not very thoughtful. And I don't mean that to be mean or rude. It's just, it's not. But it will sell. Honestly, it will sell. It makes it into the CCLI Top 100. Um, they've been paid handsomely for this song. I'm not saying it's wrong to be paid to be, a, uh, to be someone who writes worship music, but it should be God-glorifying. It should be rich in, the, in theology and biblical truth and this that verse and the first verse just don't they don't do that it says we sing with all we are and we claim your victory i assume they mean jesus uh, you know death burial and resurrection is our victory as his victory um i assume that the song really doesn't it really doesn't go into that as as i'll read the rest of it it just there's just not much there. I, I don't see how someone can sing that and think, you know, wow, I'm proclaiming God's truth. And I don't say that to shame people. That was me at one time. I, I just would sing it if it sounded good, if it was sung in a certain way and it just gave me goosebumps and things like that, I would just be all for it. That's just not 
how we should go about it. Let's head over to verse 2. Come behold the wondrous mystery. Verse 2. Come behold the wondrous mystery. He, the perfect Son of Man, in His living, in His suffering, never trace nor stain of sin. See the true and better Adam come to save the hell-bound man. Christ the great and sure fulfillment of the law in Him we stand. Now just unpacking those lyrics for a second. Uh, they stick with the theme of the song, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. They say, He the perfect Son of Man. In his living, in his suffering, never trace nor stain of, of sin. It's proclaiming that Jesus is perfect. He never sinned. He's the perfect son of man, as, as the Bible lays out for us. He says, see the true and better Adam come to save the hell-bound man. I mean, these lyrics speak for themselves. Christ, the great and sure fulfillment of the law, where Jesus said he come to fulfill the law, in him we stand. I mean, these lyrics glorify God. There's, there's no question what this song is about. It's an excellent song. Let's head over. Uh, we can head to verse 3 just to kind of try and keep these in order. I believe Come Behold the Wonders Mystery has four verses. So we may have to kind of skip around here. But verse 3 of We Praise You, Let faith be the song that overcomes the raging sea. Let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me. Let it rise. Let praise arise. Again, it's a big, big focus on praise. Uh, let faith be the song. I'm trying to think about what that would mean. Uh, it's not clear to me what that would mean. Let faith be the song that over. So I guess the song is supposed to overcome the rage of sea, and it's supposed to do that because the song is faith. Honestly, I, I, that just doesn't mean much. It, I hate to be rude, but I, I, I'm not going to be rude. I'm just, I'm just trying to be truthful here. It, it honestly aligns with the saying, it makes sense if you don't think about it. Uh, it and that's really the truth of it. If you really don't think about it, then you'll just let it slip by your mind and say, I'm praising God in spirit and truth, and I'm proclaiming rich rich biblical truth, but it's just not, that's just not what's happening. Let's bounce back over to verse three of Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. Verse three, Come behold the wondrous mystery, Christ the Lord upon the tree. In the stead of ruined sinners hangs the lamb in victory. See the price of our redemption. See the Father's plan unfold, bringing many sons to glory. Grace unmeasured, love untold. This is wow. You know, it says, Christ the Lord upon the tree. Obviously, that's referring to Jesus being on the cross. And it says, in the stead of ruined sinners. Jesus on the cross in the place of you and I, ruined sinners, hangs the lamb in victory. See the price of our redemption. And that's Jesus. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. See the Father's plan unfold. Talks about God's sovereignty and how he knew this was going to happen. Uh, it, it was prophesied about in the Old Testament. It says, bringing many sons to glory, grace unmeasured, love untold. It's a love that can't even be told fully. It, you, you can't even describe it in words adequately. You, you can 
you can pour out as much biblical truth as possible and and it, you just can't cover how much love that God has for us that's just what that's what these lyrics are proclaiming um it's grace unmeasured it, it's these lyrics you can sing these and you know that it is glorifying to God like I said earlier I don't think there's a verse 4 Let's see here. Can we sub it in for something else? Yeah, we can. Because uh, We Praise You has an interlude, and it has a chorus and a bridge. So instead of comparing verse to verse, uh, since that will no longer line up, we're really just comparing lyrics to lyrics anyways. But let's just read the chorus of We Praise You, Bethel Music. Chorus. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever, forever lift him high. With our creation cry, God, we praise you. Now, finally, at least they say who they're praising uh, in the chorus. Commend them for that. Uh, forever lift him high. That's probably, uh, you know, though it... it it doesn't mention Jesus by name, I don't think, in the entire song. Uh, which, you know, that would be fine if it really truly described Jesus and his attributes uh, and, and the stories found in Scripture that pretty much make it unmistakable. Now, I know these people claim they're, they're praising the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that they're, they're not, that they wouldn't say that. But the lyrics themselves are somewhat vague. That's probably the best line of the song, forever lift him high. Um, but right before that, it says, the God of breakthroughs on our side. Like I said earlier, that's, that's quite a, a buzzword. It's something that Bethel and, and other Word of Faith movements, they're all about that word breakthrough. I'm going to have a breakthrough. Uh, if I do certain things, I'm going to have a breakthrough. Uh, it's just, it's honestly, it's something they, that they came up with uh, it doesn't mirror biblical truth in the way that they mean it. But that chorus again, we'll, we'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. I assume that they mean the giants of possibly trials and tribulations that we go through in life. Um, you know, we'll break down every wall. I'll see you break down every wall. Uh, you know, it's it's tough, you know. I I try. I'm trying to be as fair as I can to these lyrics, but there's not a not a lot of substance there. I'm trying to go through the song and and see if it ever mentions Jesus, you know, being the sacrifice for our sin or um or anything like that. I don't know that it explicitly explicitly does, but either way, let's just go on to verse four. And that says, Come behold the wondrous mystery, slain by death, the God of life. But no grave could e'er restrain him. Praise the Lord, he is alive. What a foretaste of deliverance. How unwavering our hope. Christ in power resurrected, as we will be when he comes. Wow, those are beautiful lyrics. It just... It, you can really read this this song, and it's like the gospel is just being proclaimed in a song. Like it's just the gospel message throughout. It it starts with Jesus coming into the world, and uh, it talks about 
him dying on the cross for our sins and standing in our place and how he was the perfect sinless son of man and the grave cannot restrain him and he, he died and rose again. That's the clear message of this song. It's so easy to see that. Anyone could sing this and just know exactly what they're singing, especially if they're thinking about it. Just It's a beautiful, beautiful song. It glorifies God. That, that is amazing. That's an amazing song. Let's contrast that to the remaining lyrics of We Praise You. The interlude uh, Bethel Music has here, it says, Oh, we praise you, oh. Uh, you know, I'm not going to touch that. That's Honestly, that's really not a problem. Uh, the bridge is the final lyrics remaining in this song, and I will say that uh, it, it really shocked me the first time I read it. It says, This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is the line really that got me. This is what heaven sounds like. And, oh man, that's quite a bold claim to make, honestly. When, you've, when you have a song like this that it just really, it's really all about our praise and the breakthroughs that we're going to have and, uh, you know, fear is not going to survive and the walls are going to come down and the giants are going to fall and, to say that, that this is what heaven sounds like, no matter how you mean that metaphorically, um, it's quite a, quite a thing to say. Song, the bridge ends with, we praise you, we praise you. Uh, I just, I don't think there's any comparison in these songs. Uh, you've got one that is a complete, just pure, well thought out gospel message that glorifies God. Uh, the writers are not seeking to glorify themselves in any way. It's all about we are the sinners. Jesus is the Savior. He's the one, the sinless Son of Man that can take away our sins. And you have this song over here that's all about our breakthroughs and our walls coming down and the giants are going to fall. And there's just no comparison. Uh, again, take the writers out of it. If you just looked at the lyrics alone, a major, major, major difference. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is one set of writers, they're writing songs like Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. And another, another set of writers are writing songs like We Praise You. It's a simple truth. It's, it's a sad thing to behold. It's a mystery to behold, for sure. It, it's a sad thing. You know, just looking at the CCLI Top 20 the, or the, really the top 100, and just seeing what our churches are yearning for, what, they, what they're wanting to use for worship music uh, based on the popularity of the songs that are chosen. It's astounding. Uh, you know, I went through the top 100, uh, sorted by popularity, and I think that Matt Papa and Matt Boswell, I, I want to say His Mercy is More is in the top 100. Uh, it's nowhere near the top. That one and a couple of other, like a renewed hymn was in there that was pretty good. <sighs> there might have been a couple of borderline songs. Um, but overall, I would venture to say a solid 90% of songs are ones that, uh, for what it's worth, I would not recommend. 90% um, of them are either full-on straight-from-word-of-faith ministries or they're from artists who not just partner with them one time but are, are 
always partnering with them, uh, writing songs together with them. I'd venture to say a solid 90% of the songs are like that. And it just, it makes me wonder, when will this change? Like, when are pastors in our country and around the world going to stand up and say, no, we want to worship our God with lyrics that are biblically solid, and we want to partner with ministries in the choosing of the songs that we use. We want to partner with ministries who preach the gospel, uh, not saying they have to agree with with us in exactly every single way, not in uh, you know secondary, tertiary issues, but with ministries that are not claiming that gold dust has fallen from their ceiling or that people are on the ground violently, violently shaking in what Bethel calls fire tunnels or, or from a church like Elevation that says that God broke the law for love. God did not break the law for love. Uh, it, when will we care? And honestly, when will we stop pretending that the lyrics that are coming from these ministries are good? Uh, you might find one or two that are decent. But overall, it's all going to be about, and, and this might be the next topic of of this podcast, is the repetitive themes that are found in a lot of the these CCM songs. But those themes are, it, it, you would have a hard time going through the top 100 CCLI and not seeing the, the phrase or a similar phrase as break every chain or break the chains. I, look, I get it. If if that was used once or twice, that's good. But you're going to see it a lot. Uh, you'll see breakthrough. You'll see a huge emphasis emphasis on our fears, a small emphasis on our sins. Uh, it's all about what what God's going to do for me in my temporary life. It's very less about what Jesus has done on the cross. I'm uh, not to say that it doesn't exist, but overall, that's not what these churches are yearning for. That's not what's bringing people into seeker-sensitive churches. They want Bethel Hillsong Elevation. That's what they want. They want those lyrics. Uh, A lot of those people do not think about where the music comes from. I have most certainly been that person, and I was convicted to repent of that and to really think about it. Not to say that there are people who are not well-intentioned. There are people that are well-intentioned that are using Bethel Hillsong Elevation, but... This is a topic that needs to be looked into, and it matters. It truly does matter uh, for the reasons that we laid out today. Uh, Kaylee's getting really worked up. <laughs> She's getting really worked up here. I'm, I'm trying to keep her from crying. That, that probably comes through in my voice, but uh, she's, she's riled up about it too. I mean, she's only about four weeks old, and she's like, yes, this is a major problem. But anyways, you know, the problems have been laid out for us today, honestly. Um, they're plain to see. If you go on CCLI for yourself, you can. You can go look where they have uh, CCLI Top 100. Look at the songs. Um, you know, actually, I said that I was going to read them. So let me do that real quick. So if we go to CCLI Top 100, sort it by popularity. You've got Goodness of God. That's a Bethel song. Waymaker by, I want to say it's pronounced Sinach. Um, it's short for what looks to be O Sinachi Kalu Okuru Egbu. 
uh, looked into that church. I believe it's called Love World. They uh, have a faith healing ministry. Graves in the Gardens, that's Elevation, Build My Life. Pretty sure that's Passion Artist. Uh, Great Are You Lord, that's All Sons and Daughters. They're no longer uh, producing new music. Uh, Battle Belongs, that's a, a Bethel song or Phil Wickham. That's a, a duo that you'll see a whole lot. Brian Johnson and Phil Wickham, they write a lot of songs together. What a Beautiful Name, that's Hillsong. How Great Is Our God, Chris Tomlin, 10,000 Reasons, Matt Redman, also written by Jonas Myron, and you'll see his name a whole lot as well. This is Amazing Grace, uh, Phil Wickham. That was one through 10. Who You Say I Am, that's Hillsong, Living Hope. That's like a Bethel Phil Wickham song. Raise a Hallelujah, Bethel. How Great Thou Art. Ah, there's a song I could probably stand behind. Uh, I believe I'll put that down as recommended in, in the commentary on Sound and Worship. Holy Spirit, that's Jesus' culture song. Lord, I Need You. That is uh, Matt Marr and a few other writers. Matt Marr is a professing Catholic. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. That's Chris Tomlin. The Blessing, Elevation, and Carrie Job and Cody Carnes, who uh, work with Bethel quite a bit. Uh, Reckless Love, Bethel, that's Corey Asbury, and uh, Oh, Come to the Altar, Elevation. Uh, you'll see Stephen Furtick's name a lot on Elevation songs as well. He has a big hand in writing those songs. But that's the top 20, and you know, I could go through the entire 100, but it, the pattern is pretty much the same. Uh, as you get towards the end of the 100, you might find some of the kind of songs that were really popular in the 90s. Um, those songs, for what it's worth, are probably not misleading people into um, the movements of today. You know, you know, the same could be said about old hymns. Uh, the hymn, a lot of the hymn writers were not, um, I won't say a lot, but some of the hymn writers, you know, they weren't extremely grounded in uh, ministries that were sound as well. That's, that was a problem back then, too. The difference is, uh, and I'm not saying that every hymn should be used, but the difference is, you're not going to have people that are running to ministries because of those hymns. Uh, they were written, many of them, hundreds of years ago. Not giving them a major excuse, but at the same time, that's not what we're dealing with today in the churches uh, in this country and around the world. So with that said, uh, the, we see the issue. It's, it's plain as day to see it. Um, it's not a fun issue to bring up. It's one that should be brought up when we're talking to other people um, with care, and, and we need to be as fair as we can and strive to be 100% fair, honestly, um, and just reveal what's going on in, in these ministries, uh, the burdens that they're placing on people, the unbiblical teachings that they're teaching. Um, we need to do it with gentleness and respect. Uh, you know, of course, it, it's something that can make you passionate. I know, and I know it can me, honestly. Um, I have to, to really, you know, think about what I'm going to say before I say it. And, uh, you know, i got to try to be slow to speak and uh, slow to anger, but quick to listen, as Scripture lays out for us. If not, it's easy to, to get really worked up about this, and that's not what we, what we want to do. But if we can just plainly lay out these issues to those that we 
talk to and and um, even just online, uh, you know, on Facebook, just when we have the opportunity to, to talk to someone about it, it's a great thing to bring up because it does matter. But we have to do it with gentleness and respect. So to sum up today, may we worship our God in spirit and truth. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will see you next time on the Sound and Worship podcast.